Culture and Psychology with Tabana. A very warm hello to our Radio Bomb.Net listeners. Today I'm sitting with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandrati, who was missing last week. We are happy to have him again. And um, we, three of us, work for Tavana Organization, a nonprofit organization. And it's a privilege to have uh, Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade here with us at Radio Bomb Dot. Uh, although this is maybe our close to 60 sessions, but for listeners who haven't um, listened to us and they're new to um, our program, I just wanted to once again introduce my friends to everyone who is listening. Um, I just want uh, friends today to talk about an email I received from one of my friends, which was about, um, you know, someone who lives in Minnesota, and as sometimes happens, uh, it is snowed. And this uh, snow, it was very interesting that brought many questions for me and re reminded me of the time I was working as an admin and um, the uh, start of this uh, email was, is eight o'clock, I met a snowman, 810, a friend passed by and asked me why I did, I didn't make a snowwoman. So I made a snowwoman. And then uh, the person just goes um, one by one every few minutes and then uh, she continues to say, my feminist neighbor complained about the snowwoman's uh, voluptuous uh, chess saying it objected, it objectified snowwomen everywhere. And then the gay couple living nearby threw a hissy fit and uh, moaned it could have been two snowwomen instead. And then the transgender man, um, woman, person asked, why I didn't just make one snow person with detachable parts. And then another um, minute, the vegans at the end of the lane complain about the carrot nose as veggies are food and not to decorate the snow figures with. And then another minute, I was being called a racist because the snow couple is white. And then another minute, the Middle Eastern gent um, across the road demanded this no woman be covered up. And then another minute, the police arrived saying someone had been offended. And then another minute, the feminist neighbor complained again that the broomstick of this no woman needed to be removed because it depicted women in a domestic role. Uh, another minute, the city council equality officer arrived and threatened me with evic eviction. And then another minute, the TV news crew from ABC showed up. I was asked if I know the difference between a snowman and a snowwomen. I replied, snowballs, and am now called a sexist. And then another minute, I was on the news as suspected terrorist, terrorist, racist, homophobic, uh, sensibility offender, bent on stirring up trouble during difficult weather. And then another minute, I was asked if I have any accomplice, uh, accomplices. Uh, my children were taken by social services and another minute far left protesters offended by everything marched down the street demanding for me to be arrested. So by noon, it had all melted. The moral of this story, there's no moral to this story. It is exactly what we have become. And this was sent by um, someone, um, and then one of my friends actually shared with me. So when I read that, and I remember I forwarded it to both of you because I thought it was very interesting um, as the profession we are in to, you know, have a conversation about that. Yeah, Dr. Malikovzali, thank you for uh, bringing this up. I think it's one of those things where in first reading it, and, and I feel like nowadays there's, there's so much out there that can be kind of overwhelming and inundating and even shocking sometimes. And I think this is like a good balance of that where there, although it says there's no moral, there can be a moral as far as the um, 
political correctness, the kind of sensitivity of these issues, the risk or danger of um, excluding um, others, uh, whether intentionally, unintentionally, um, not recognizing our privilege. Um, it's, it makes it almost as though something that can be so harmless and benign as creating a snow person uh, could be something that people get upset about. So uh, I think in just reading it uh, and, you know, line by line, you're like, oh man, that's not right. And you're like, okay, well, wait, hold on. That's kind of part of this whole picture that, you know, what what isn't right to one person and what could be offensive to somebody else could take away from, you know, the, the whole bigger picture of things. And it's worth maybe acknowledging, but it's like, how do we talk about it? How do we talk about it if we don't talk about it? And so this is an example of, it's just like before I, for me, it stands out before we just go with being offended and being frustrated and expect some kind of, you know, reaction or retaliation, let's talk about what's offensive and what's frustrating and, and try to have a dialogue. But I think it's one of those things where as, as this story goes, there, there isn't that there's just a consequence. There's an outcome in a way where somebody is punished. And I think it, it reminds me of the idea of cancel culture. I mean, it's just such a, a difficult time. It feels like to even talk about these things. I mean, it could even be considered somewhat controversial for us to even talk about it. Uh, you know, and so it's like, well, how, if we can't even talk about it, you know, how must listeners be feeling when they come across these things or read these things? Uh, how do people make sense of it? I recently read, well, actually not so recently, where somebody talked about a lot. I forget exactly what they were, were referring to, but it was something like this. They said it's an attempt to achieve perfect redress in an imperfect world. And what they meant is it's an attempt to get perfect response or somehow get made up for my wounding in an imperfect world. I think there is a moral to this whole thing, and they're presenting it as a parody, right? It's kind of something that's kind of humorous, and essentially at the heart of the parody I'm reading, it's saying, you know what, I, I can't please anybody here. I was just trying to have some fun and make a snowman. I wasn't out to offend anybody. I didn't create a problem on purpose for anybody. I think what they're also saying is something about one's intent. Now, if you make a snowman, generally people's intent are not to mock or belittle some other group in society. Right. The comment I had right away for this side day that I sent back to you was, I think that we're all probably a little bit too wounded and then we get a little too offended after that. And there, I think there is a, on the one hand in our society, there is a movement for more equality and to be accepted because we all need to be accepted and we all want to. Be. And I think that what is also going along with that though, is that we all have wounds and if we're not careful, we can begin to try to force somebody else to fix our wounds. Now, even as the words come out of my mouth, I am hesitant to say that because I can feel somebody would come back at me and say, well, because of that. But that's the whole heart of the problem is we're not willing to enter into a conversation and recognize we're all human beings and we've all been wounded. We've all been hurt and we want things to go well. And we want to recognize other people's and we want to do the best that we can to not keep wounding somebody else. We don't always know. I think it's important to raise the issues that, hey, my feelings have been hurt, but we also want to be able to, we also want to learn how to take some things in stride. So again, it's not a, it's not an effort to say you shouldn't, you shouldn't be treated equal. That's what our country is about. We should be. I really like when you about the idea of we all are wounded. And I think this wound has never been openly conversed about, perhaps. Um, and there are two, two things came to my mind. One was, yes, we are wounded in many ways. We are all wounded as a person in every where we have been to some extent, but then also we are wounded as a nation um, 
as part of a nation. But then the other thing that came to my mind is there are two sides to this. One is if something that offends me, I am quiet about, then I'm not actually educating the other person that this is offensive and you better, you know, watch what you're saying. But on the other hand, I'm thinking I could listen carefully and see the other side as well, that when they say something, you know, it's so um, fine line when you think about every aspect of it, because now I'm thinking I'm a minority. And as soon as I open my mind, my mouth, I am different. So on the one hand, um, I have to accept that and I have to listen to the other side if they say something. But on the other hand, if I don't respond, I have, I have let this even become bigger and give permission to the other person. So there's so much to talk about it and to talk about these issues. And I'm glad we have opened this up in our little circle to talk about going to add too along those lines in regards to us all being hurt. Uh, I don't think we have to, I think this is a mistake I see in the times I've taught and written and talked about racism and discrimination specifically. Um, I think it's one of those things where we sometimes make the mistake that we don't have to compare our hurt and the traumas that have been done to us, right, um, right but on. we can use it to empathize with one another. And I think that's where the, the short coming is sometimes we start to say, well, my hurt is more than yours. And it's like, if, if we look at that from a psychological perspective, such as a mental health issue, say if somebody said, you know, uh, oh, my anxiety is worse than yours. So, you know, I should, uh, you know, mine's, mine's more important, you know, than yours. It's like, well, what do you get? Nobody wins. And so, and I find that that can be when it comes to these things that we're offended about, if we focus so much on just the injustice that us or a group or uh, you know, um, people who are, are like us have experienced, then we're, we're kind of potentially shutting ourselves off. But I think it should be used as a launch pad to try to uh, connect and, and empathize with one another and, and help each other in that way. And I think that's the piece, Daniel, as you were saying, I think people could get offended if they just react to, oh, we all, we all have been hurt. Oh, okay, well, what are you saying? Like your hurt is more important than mine or, oh, what, my hurt doesn't really matter as much. It's like, no, no, I'm not saying that. We don't have to imply that. We can say we've been hurt and let's all try to heal. Yeah, I think that's very, very key because none of it, None of this, I think, that any of us are saying is that injustices haven't been done to individuals or to certain groups. Clearly, they have. It's not right. I think many not right things have happened and are still happening. So it's not ever saying any of that. It's instead we're trying to look a little deeper to see, you know, where's our, where's the humanity at our heart? Utilize that to move forward in some way. Yeah, and then um, uh, I'd like to just call for a break and come back to continue our conversation. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد من به همراه دو تن از همکارانم دکتر اندرادی و دکتر راکرز امروز در خدمتون هستیم و صحبت امروزمون راجع به افراد مختلفی که تحت به تیچهای مختلف تو این جامعه دارن زندگی میکنن و یک ایمیلی به دست من رسید راجب اون ایمیل داشتیم صحبت میکردیم که یک شخصی داشت یک به صلاح سنومن رو درست میکرد البته این بیشتر جنبه جوک و اینا داره ولی واقعیات زندگی ما در امریکا به خاطر گروه های مختلفی که هست همین بوده و هست و گروه های مختلف همیشه به هر حال حساس هستن نسبت مسائلی که برشون پیش میاد و امروز ما میخواستیم راجع به این مسئله صحبت بکنیم اگر تازه رادیواتون رو باز کردین صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین ما شنبه ها و یک شنبه ها از شرکت توانا در خدمتون هستیم ساعت دوازده تا یک بعد از ظهر برمیگردیم و دنباله صحبتمون رو با دکتر راکرز و دکتر اندراده ادامه میدیم
We're back with Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade, and we are continuing our conversation about the diversity in our country and um, um, having different um, groups of people that through the history uh, of the United States, each have gone through certain obstacles. And um, we were talking about the hurt, the sensitivity, and uh, we are back to continue our conversation. Um, I was uh, actually um, kind of going over what happened that um, in, his, in our history, uh, we um, had so many women who had fought for the right and it's been only maybe 120 years since, uh, you know, women started to have the rights in uh, getting their license, uh, being able to financially open a bank account, or um, uh, in many um, aspects of uh, social life, women um, has been always uh, fighting for the rights. And I remember... Um, you know, even just uh, talking about not other groups, that just uh, the sex, the gender, the being a woman and, and in this country and all over the world, how women have been uh, suppressed in many ways. And it's one, I'm glad you mentioned that too. It's one of those things where I just, it's, I feel like it's ridiculous in some way, like that that even occurred in the sense that, um, you know, it, it's one of those things where you look back historically and you're like, oh yeah, that happened. Like that was a thing. And it's like, and even today, I mean, it still happens, you know, women get paid, I think it's like 73 or 76 cents on the dollar compared to men. And it's just like, it, it doesn't make sense that sometimes a lot of these inequalities even exist. And so it's, it's like, how do you reconcile that where it, you know, isn't that long ago that these things were so prevalent uh, and that the remnants of that still exist. And it reminds me of the, the idea of um, like allies, you know, where, where do people fall in, uh, you know, in, in speaking up against that? I think there's, you know, uh, things like advocates, there's allies, um, you know, with women's movement, there's even uh, the idea of feminism. It's like, where, where do people, where and how do people get involved? Um, I know for myself personally, it's one of those things where I'm constantly lacking in my involvement in so many social movements and so many social things. And so it's one of these things where it's like, well, yeah, of course, I believe that women, you know, deserve equal pay, just like men. And uh, that uh, we got people barking in the back. We got somebody barking in an agreement in the back there. Very yes, yes, yes. emphasizing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, what about me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And actually, yeah. it's a she. So, oh, she up yep, there. She goes, yep, yep. She's advocating. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just how is that? How does that even happen? And how is that still happening? And so, uh, and I think that's probably what a lot of individuals and groups feel. It's like, how does this? How does this keep happening in our time? And we we think we're progressing and, and changing, but then sometimes it's just like you know we're we're still struggling with these kind of. I don't want to say basic things, but these like, you know, very common things such as even gender equality. It's just, it's ridiculous. Let's, um, I'd like to bring up the idea of blame in this. And I'm not standing on one side or the other. I think it's like so many issues multifaceted here. To me, when I think back in my mind, I try to think back like, well, how would things like gender equality develop? And was it, like a plot or a grand plot to keep women down. And my my own thinking on it is I don't think that was the original intent. I don't think there was an original intent. It was not a conspiracy. I think it has to do with the evolution of humans and that some of those roles typically just developed in a certain way. And we've come to a place in our consciousness now where we can see this really some, some as a result of how some of that developed, some bad outgrowths happened and some skewed attitude. And now it's our, our, our goal to rectify that sort of a thing. I guess my point here is that if we get stuck too far in the blaming of a group, we end up alienating them and this is that then we don't have our allies that we need to. Because I think a lot of times in movements like this, 
it's the the real extremists that get a lot of the publicity and then to paint the rest of that middle sector as the extremists i think that can do the a movement a disservice i like the way you said let's not blame because i'm just think about it even uh, to continue our conversation about the equality between men and women uh, in the united states i know abigail smith who married john adams was the first american woman in the history who really paid her dues in talking to her husband continuously about not forget women not to forget women and remember there are some cruel men who take advantage and if you read the history the women's history specifically abigail uh, smith um and then later abigail adam had a huge part in changing some of the rules and some of the laws um to to benefit women and that was a privilege she had as a first lady um and john adams most of the time was far from her home and was um fighting in different areas of independence and all that and anytime wrote to his wife abigail abigail always said i'm serious about women you have to always remember that and when you read the history you realize how much she had a place uh, in that so i like to talk about those who helped overcome the obstacles and issues like you said rather than blaming like for example rather than talking about how the religion maybe puts this equality down or uh, or men they always want to take advantage let's talk about those who tried their best to fight this inequality and that's why i thought of abigail smith who had a part and let's talk about those women or those you know individuals who helped us overcome these issues yeah along those lines i mean i think it's one of those things if we make the other others the enemy i i think people forget it doesn't encourage growth you know if you're saying you know all men are you know jerks men are going to say yeah you know what i am a jerk let me be better no versus saying you know what these are some of the 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 privileges that men have that women don't and you know it's like let's again that idea of let's empathize with this let's look at what this means it reminds me when i was teaching a abnormal psychology course uh, <clears throat> one of the things i i i learned a long time ago um and i don't remember exactly where but i'd mentioned that we were talking about gender in class and i reminded i asked the students as a whole men and women you know what are women taught uh, just to to highlight the inequality what are women taught when they're walking to their car late at night what are they told to do with their keys and said you could probably jump in on this what are women, what, do you know off the top of your head what are women told to to oh, do with their keys oh absolutely yeah just have it in your hand and ready and always uh, make sure watch around you make sure uh-huh. if on the right hand side there's a car parked that is mm-hmm. closed when there are other places open so all yeah, of that like, yeah like, yeah like to defend yourself where men a lot of the men and this this was you know early college students uh you know 18 20 something a lot of the men in the class asked them raise their hand after how many of you have heard about this before and a lot of them had not and it's one of those things where because of that privilege you know it it's one of those things you don't even realize that you know this is what you're told this is what women are told to keep them so safe in our society and so if we just focus on oh yep look men are men are bad and so women have to do that you know instead of pointing that out and and asking men for a minute imagine what that must be like to even have to walk to your car and be fear for for your life for for you know to be raped to be be hurt like imagine that for a moment you know and i just let them sit with that thought for a moment versus trying to chastise them so, oh look at the privilege you don't even have to think about that so again i think it's one of those things we can bring these things to light in a way that allows and invites people to the table versus trying to make others the enemy. Um I just want to say something um I was waiting for Dan to chime chime in but as you were talking again back to put yourself into the other person's shoes as mm-hmm. we always talk about that having empathy. So when you were talking about that I was thinking of gay and lesbian um transgender um you know all those um you know definition of different groups that we have 
if we put ourselves into their shoes, there's then it's different, you know, or, or if you're a minority, if you're going to another country and um, you are um, always looking at as a foreigner, do you feel, you know, you belong to there? So, I mean, all of that, it's, it's great to bring up and, and talk about it and make sure that we put ourselves into the other person's shoes. I do agree. I didn't jump in there earlier. I wasn't sure in uh, what stance to bring it in. but And the reason for that is because, you know what, I don't really feel like walking to my car in a parking lot at night by myself is a very safe thing for me, though I'm a man. And it's not to, that does not meant to take away from experience of women, because I think they probably experience it acutely than I I'm wondering, though, if maybe a good approach, as well as to empathize, to check in and say, wow, how many men have had this feeling and jump from there to what if it was even worse? That's not a very fun feeling. In other words, to check on the common experience, because I think a lot of the things that I think this is the pushback that we're seeing from certain groups is to say, you know, because a lot of them will say, well, I had such and such experience too. And then we get in this argument. It's like what you said, Alex, you know, well, who's worse? Or it's playing that topper game. Well, mine's this and mine's that. And it isn't about that. It's more like, hey, you know what? Most of us have had a lot of these feelings and they are not fun. How can we make our whole society better so we don't have to have them? And as I'm saying that, again, I'm not meaning to take away from the more severe experiences of certain groups. It's very clear. Some groups experience certain things a lot worse and a lot more. What I am saying, though, is maybe we could make some ground or cover some ground and focus on some of that shared experience. How rotten it is and how could we move forward if we all, let's all chip in and let's Let's see if we can get rid of this so none of us can have this or all of us can have some less of. And that's, again, I, I don't pretend to be the expert on that. And I think that there are some group reparations that probably need to happen. This is not my area. It needs to be addressed. It should have been addressed. Sure. Um, so let's have another break and come back to continue our conversation. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد من به همراه دو تن از همکارانم دکتر راکرز و دکتر اندرادی امروز در خدمتون هستیم از مؤسسه غیر انتفاعی توانا و در مورد مسائل روز که همیشه بوده در مورد گروه های مختلفی که در امریکا وجود دارند و مسائل مختلفی که هر کدوم با حساسیت های مختلف باش روبرو میشن ما یک بریک کوتاه میدیم برمیگردیم روزهای شنبه و یه شنبه در خدمتون هستیم از ساعت دوازده تا یک بعد از ظهر و اگر کسانی هستند در منزل یا میدونین که ممکنه به زبان انگلیسی ترجیح بدن برنامه های روانشناسی رو گوش بدن خواهش میکنم ازشون دعوت کنین روزهای شنبه و یه شنبه ساعت دوازده تا یک بعد از ظهر به برنامه ما توجه بکنن برمیگردیم و در خدمتون هستیم We're back with Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade, and we continue our conversation about uh, the diversity in United States and the good points, the uh, obstacles some of these groups are facing, and they have been facing, um, and now we continue our conversation. I think we have come a long way in many ways when you think about Even when I think about the women in this country, we have come a long way. Now we have a vice president who is uh, not only a woman, 
but also is a black and Asian American. I mean, think about it. When you go back to 120 years ago, how this country could have been ever ready for such a thing. So I think with other groups as well, every single group that I can think of, they have come a long way when you separately go to each of their history background. So we are basically in a good place when you think about this 120 years of accomplishment in different areas um, to overcome the inequality. But I think it still is a long way to go. When you read the women's magazine, every single day, every few minutes, there's also a woman who've been assaulted, who've been raped, um, so um, or children that they have been the um, victim of uh, so many um, unrealistic things that happens to them. So we still have to really work on different areas, but also we have to celebrate with what we have accomplished. I want to go back to what you said, Dan, that rather than blaming and rather than bringing all the hurt, let's um, talk about the accomplishment, where we are now. But also don't forget that every single moment, there's also somewhere around this country um, or around the world that is happening that it's um, surreal. I mean, really for us to think of um, some of the assaults or uh, inequality that takes place, uh, it's, it's really sad, especially in third world countries, even what happens to animals, you know? I think that what, I think it's important to acknowledge the hurt in terms of, if we think in terms of, I think it's important to the hurt. I think it's important also not to get stuck. In. For me, I like to think about in the therapy room, when I have a couple or a family and what approaches might I take with them in order to encourage healing of the relationships and in what way might those be applied to them. so I think it is and for them it is important to acknowledge the healing that's got got done there are also we want to make sure that in some ways there's a constructive direction that's my take in turning forward. No, absolutely. I, I am with you when, when talking about hurt. Um, it's, it's fine regarding to be able to heal. But also, as you said, stucking too much on that, it's not going to benefit anybody you know, because you have to get out of that. And, and also back to what I remember in one of our conversation had, be active, you know, do something about it, rather than getting stuck in it. And just think about the hurt, and think about what happened to me or what is happening to my group, become an activist to fix it, to work on it. Instead of a revenge, we don't want to do a revenge, like in working with couples. Alex, what's your, uh, where are you? Yeah. yeah, I was just thinking that back to the uh, email that um, that we were referring to. I think that's where that's where we get stuck, people, get stuck a lot of times we, in, in trying to air those, those injuries and those hurts. People can retreat in that and, and then it becomes again that competition and we can you know retaliate as you were mentioning I mean I think it's one of those things to be able to look at that hurt in a way where it's not just look at what's happened to me and defend and, and it's understandable too I think it's important to recognize too it's understandable we we we, we retreat and defend because we don't want to be hurt again and it, it makes sense for people not to want to be hurt but I think it, it takes and it takes risk but it also takes effort and energy and, and even courage to say okay and I want to try to heal by moving forward it, it reminds me sometimes I, I remind patients who've undergone trauma there's there's a difference between a victim and a survivor both have undergone something however the victim risks the potential of staying in that place in that hurt just continuing to take away from their life where a survivor uh, by no means is it easy or comfortable while still having suffered can say 
I only want this to be a part of my life, not the defining aspect of it. And in that process of moving forward to that role of survivor, it's, I think it's different for everybody. It's probably different for every group too. Uh, it's, that's what makes it so difficult and challenging. We can't just say, oh, do these five things and then you've healed from trauma. No, <clears throat> everybody's journey is very different than that process. But, you know, it doesn't have to be the thing that shapes us and defines us or leads us to retreat and, and be angry and hurt at the entire world and feel like that injustice that we've suffered does not allow anything else, not only within our lives, but uh, as though the whole world is against us. And it's it's definitely challenging. I don't say it. And so it's an easy process for people. It's something that people have to be uh, again, courageous. It sounds like it's intentional, but in that way, but I think it's a combination of the energy and the effort, the intention of that and, and trying to just move forward. Alex, you taught classes in this, right? Uh, I've, I've touched on this uh, this topic before in, in classes that I've taught, not, not specifically like a trauma course or anything like that, but uh, also in therapy as well. So yes. But I thought you were, had taught classes on things like racial differences or microaggressions. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've taught abnormal psychology, racism, discrimination, things like that. Yes. Okay. And then did you also, can you talk about the intergenerational transmission of trauma? Thoughts or ideas on that? You could teach about that as well. Yeah, to some degree. And it's just, I, I think it's, it's one of those things acknowledging. I think for a lot of times people, a lot of times people will just, even that idea that, that trauma is passed along generationally. I think some people scoff at that and they think, oh, look, okay, people are playing the victim. And it's like, well, no, like these messages get ingrained within a group that these things aren't safe or that the world isn't safe. And so, uh, you know, again, that's where it's that tricky place. It, it, it can be a way to keep oneself safe, but then at the same time, it can limit the ability to be able to, to expand from that, to grow from that. And it's so difficult. It's so challenging. It reminds me one of the, the texts that I've used uh, and I was, was also was able, uh, lucky enough to see her speak, uh, Beverly Tatum uh, writes a, a book uh, called Why Do All the Black Children Sit Together at the Cafeteria? And it talks about, uh, from an African-American's perspective, just how these things that we do, uh, how things that African-Americans do that seem to, uh, um, you know, could see like, okay, why do all the black kids sit together? It's like, well, as a, as a sense of unity, as a sense of safety, um, and those things serve a function in some way. And in her writing, it's it's like that information to to individuals to understand like their that 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 trauma, both in the past and currently, has led to some of these behaviors and reactions. And I think it's that idea until we acknowledge those things that have caused that or have influenced that, can we start to say, okay, and how can these things be different? How can we move from that? We can still have that, but we can still move forward from that too. So that conversation becomes broader. Something I've talked about um, in different uh, organizations, uh, specifically about like social justice and the idea of, you know, we we can't just retreat into with our own groups and our own, um, you know, people who experience similar things to us. We have to transcend that and say, what's that larger conversation? And yeah, I've, I've seen it in the classroom uh, before. It's, it's a very, it's a very delicate process uh, to be able to facilitate that conversation uh, amongst the group of uh, students was definitely something I was very, calculated about and very um, kind of directing and with the, the sense that to really try to hear people. And I mean, and that th these are, you know, students who are in this setting of growing and learning and being informed where everyday people, uh, they, they may not have that, that uh, mentality. They may come from the mentality of just pushing their own agenda or um, aren't aware of the importance of, you know, really trying to open, open up their mind and really learn from others. And so again, I think it's one of those things where we have to be very aware of how we're approaching these conversations and these topics versus just retreating into our own perspective, our own view. And being critical. Yeah. It's so easy to be critical if some group sits by themselves. And they, I think that in some ways a normal human response, but it's so easy to be critical. Often is not really helped at all. All it does is add a label. 
I mean, oh. so have you, what have you noticed in the classroom? Do you have similar experiences? Yeah, I have taught different, um, you know, especially I was in inner city, um, you know, when I was doing my student teaching. Yeah, there's a lot to say about that. And the hurt, you know, now that I remember those first year of my student teaching, you know, the anger, the rage, the uh, outspoken sometimes people become. Um, and so I was, um, most of my uh, students, the first year of my teaching were black students. Uh, they were loud, they were angry, they were talking about different things that um, I was uh, young and I was, um, you know, inexperienced and I was sometimes apprehended to bring anything to open up some of the questions that I wanted at that time. I wish this was now with my experience, I could handle it very differently, but I was always afraid of having that conversation or like something like, you don't even know what we go through. You don't even understand, um, you know, and, and just accusing you of something, you know what I mean? It's like, even as a teacher, I'm standing there, I'm thinking, um, I hope this goes okay at the end, you know. So um, I have that experience in many ways throughout my um, work as a teacher, throughout my work as an admin. And the reason I started with that was even as an admin, I was always afraid to just walk over something because it's so sensitive when people are hurt you have to really, it's like walking on the eggshell, you know, you can't bring anything, you can't even say anything to even sometimes heal, especially when you're in a, um, a bigger number of people sitting in that place, because they feel like they have the support of others. And you're standing there, you have to really be very careful. Sometimes you feel like, I can't even say things I want to say, you know, um, and even sometimes you say something for the healing and then they go, you don't even know what you're talking about, you know, because you, you haven't been there. Yeah. It's easy to say this, or it's easy to say that. So yeah, I've been in many situations where I was very uncomfortable. So I'm thinking sometimes it's a very hard place to be because on the one hand, you want to pass by it without uh, stirring it up. But on the other hand, you feel like if you don't talk about it, if you not openly converse, then when this is going to really be resolved by, by just always, you know, shutting it down, not saying anything, you know, pass by it. And I'm sure then you have probably more than um, me and Alex, you've gone in these situations, because sometimes, honestly, I have to be open, I feel bad for some white men, I mean, not that, um, you know, they have so much in a way power, as we know, but still being in situations where they they feel like I didn't do anything, you know, I'm just one of you. But don't accuse me of that. I am a white man who understands and who is diverse and who is open to diversity and all of that. But it's a hard place to be. I think, yeah, I think that's the challenge too. That challenge, yeah, I think as a white male, as a straight white male, it can be a real challenge in space because of those very things. There's a lot of things that get hurled out, like, like what you said, well, you don't know or you don't. And I, I don't to the extent that I haven't been in somebody else. But that doesn't also mean what I like to pull back on. Well, it doesn't mean that I can't have some empathy. It doesn't mean that I can't have any good into health. But I think this, the whole thing is that as therapists, what we have to do is even when somebody is raging hot is stay in there and hear the thing that is kind of beneath the flame see if can we get to that can we touch that piece can we stay there and withstand the the fire that's being so that we can get that that's to me that's the real challenge that's the real art that all of us need to have how do we it's pretty hard when uh, it's a whole group coming. all right let's uh, just have a very short break and come back to end our conversation
Okay, friends, we are back and we each are going to say our last statement to close our today's conversation. I will jump in first. I would say each day, ask yourself, what is one thing I can today to understand members? Very simple, but it is it is the thing that we all need. I'm trying to think what I want to share. There's so many things that we talked about. I think that uh, it's kind of hard to pick one right now. Um, yeah, I think it's it's that idea we, we kind of alluded to it, uh, uh, earlier, the idea of just walking in somebody else's shoes. And, and really, I think, again, it touches on the idea, too, of empathizing. I mean, really just trying to emotionally and rationally uh, and just connect with what that what must it be like for that person to experience the things that they've had what's it like to to be in their shoes and their skin and their body you know can we see them while while connecting with their personhood and the parts of them that are unique or different than us i think is something that can allow us to start to try to to move closer to understanding uh, and that healing and growth versus just reaction and anger and hurt. Yeah. And I, I was just thinking in any ways uh, we are different, you know, somebody makes more money, somebody has more education. Um, we are in different levels in every aspect of life. And even when it comes to diversity, we are different. We are not the same, but when it comes to rules and laws, of course we want equality. And I think as a nation, we are in a good place. We have to celebrate, celebrate where we are. Um, again, um, you know, it's like hierarchy of needs. Uh, when you have a certain, you know, things, then you go to the next level and next level. So uh, now we are at the level that we have overcome those areas of basic needs and we come to a point and we become sensitive. We talk about other issues. I don't think we ever should stop talking about it. And I uh, always feel like we need to be active. We need to talk about it to, uh, you know, get to a point that we do better. So again, I want to say if there is an issue that you feel like you are stuck in and you don't like it, just get up from the seat and start doing something about it. We can't just sit and talk about it. You know, if you are that passionate, we need to really uh, start in being active about that. So with that, I want to say um, thank you, Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade, um, for another good conversation. We always have so much to talk about. Uh, it's Saturday. I, I want to wish uh, all our listeners a wonderful weekend, um, especially this Saturday. We are going to come back tomorrow and continue our conversation about another issue. Uh, goodbye. بارون که رفتی شبم زیر و رو شد یه بغزه شکسته افیقه گلو شد تو بارون که رفتی دل باق چه پشمارد تمام وجودم توی آین خط خود هنوز وقتی بارون تو کوچه میباره دلم باسته داره دلم بیقراره نه شباش خانه نه رویا قشنگه دلم بی تو خونه دلم بی تو تنگه شب زیر بارون که چشمم به راهه میبینم که کوچه پر نور 
تو ماه منی که تو بارون رسیدی امید منی تو شب ناامیدی تو بارون که رفتی شبم زیر و رو شد یه بغزه شکسته افیقه گلو شد تو بارون که رفتی دل باغ چه پشمارد تمام وجودم توی آین خطفان هنوز وقتی بارون تو کوچه میباره دلم غصه داره دلم بیقراره نشب آشقانه است نه رویا قشنگه دلم بی تو خونه دلم بی تو تنگه یه شب زیر بارون که چشمم به راهه میبینم که کوچه پر نور ماهه تو ماهه منی که تو بارون رسیدی امید منی تو شب نا امید 